Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant and Jerry, which makes this whole thing Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. That's right. How's it going? Good, man. I got on my snowshoes and I'm walking in a wheat field making geometric patterns. I didn't run into snowshoes. Well, it's sort of a large snowshoe. I could see that, though. Yeah. That would definitely work. Yeah, snowshoes Depending- take longer. Yeah, right. But it's easier. You can do something else with your hands while you're using those. <laughs> That's a good point. So uh, did you ever have the Led Zeppelin box set from like 1990? Uh, my college roommate did. Yeah. So you're familiar with the crop circles. Oh, yeah. And the suggestion that by Led Zeppelin that it was their Zeppelin that was responsible for all of them. Oh, was that what that was? Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Because on the cover of the box set, there's like this awesome, very real-life crop circle uh-huh. formation, and then the shadow of the Zeppelin floating over it. Oh, I don't think I noticed the shadow ever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, that was the whole thing. Like said, Led Zeppelin took responsibility for those. Right. And by the way, we got a lot of responses on how they got the name Led Zeppelin. So thank you to the hundreds of people yeah, where who the, emailed in. Yeah, where the E yeah. or the A went. They didn't want people to think it was lead Zeppelin. Exactly. It makes total sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Zeppelin in front, the lead Zeppelin. Anyway, it turns out that it's complete fabrication that the lead Zeppelin Zeppelin was responsible for crop circles. Yeah. But that's one of the few suggestions that have been made for what makes crop circles. And this is a really strange topic, frankly, mm-hmm. because it's been out for about a quarter of a century, yeah. how crop circles are made, who makes them. Yeah. And yet there's still a lot of people called seriologists. Yeah. After series, the goddess of agriculture. Yeah. Um, who are like, no, this, this, those people, that's the, that's the whole catch. It's a hoax. Right. They're responsible for like 80% of crop circles, which leaves 20% unaccounted for. Yeah. I don't even call it a hoax. I just call it art. Well, yeah. So I saw somewhere at one point somebody say it's the most scientific, most science-based art there is. Because the stuff that crop circles are made of, a lot of them, is some really impressive Euclidean geometry. Yeah. Some smart people are behind these, uh, what I like to call art. (laughs) They're not just a bunch of dummies walking around in a cornfield. No, but they are people. Yes, they are. And uh, we've kind of spoiled it, so if you wanted to find out who makes crop circles, it's art. You can turn the episode off, but if you do, you're going to miss out on some kind of some cool, interesting stuff, if you ask me. Yeah, and what I think is weird is that the, despite the fact that it is definitely not aliens and all the stuff that people propose, we'll get into all that, uh-huh. is that even when the people came out and said, no, we've been making crop circles for years, some people are like, no, 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 they're being paid to say that. Right. <laughs> yeah, It is was, aliens, in fact. That's something that you run up against with conspiracy theories, though, is just admitting that you're responsible suggests that you, you're, yeah, somebody's put you up to admitting it. Yeah. You're, it's disinformation, basically. Yeah. And that's funny. what a lot of people have said. Yeah. A lot of people say it's MI5. And the reason they say it's MI5 is because if you start tracing the history of crop circles, they uh, originated, basically, the hoax did, um, in England, specifically in a couple of counties in England. Yeah, I mean, not only originated, but I think um, 90% of all crop circles 
have existed in southern England. Yeah. Even though they're, they're, you know, they've had some in like Japan and the United States, mm-hmm. some other parts of Europe. Yeah. But yeah, 90% of them are in southern England. They clearly are inspired in that area to undertake the process of circle art. Exactly. For one reason or another. Who knows? I, well, I can tell you how it started out. Yeah. So it, it, the crop circles, if you're a seriologist, you will point to uh, the 16th century maybe. When somebody's fr- like uh, the first, what could be described as a crop circle, is r- accounted for. Um, I couldn't find anything to back that up, but what? apparently in the 16th century, that's where the first description came from. I did find in the 17th century, in the 1600s, there's a woodcut of something called the mowing devil, <laughs> and it's a it's a devil, and he's clearly making a crop circle. But there's a pretty good explanation for the whole thing. Well, yeah, he. he- I don't understand how this became some sort of weird pseudo proof that they had crop circles back then. Because if you look at the woodcut, it is Satan with a Sith and he is clearly cutting right. down corn or something, some wheat harvest. Right. But and he's, he's cutting it. Yeah. He's not, it's not, that's a distinction. Crop circles aren't cut. They're uh, like, you know, it's a corn stalk that is laid down, but not damaged supposedly. Right. They yield the pressure without breaking. So this is this is just complete hooey to me. And there's even more so the there's an explanation on the woodcut itself. Well, yeah, it's a story. Yeah, and basically a um, a man uh, balked at the price that uh, he was quoted by a laborer to harvest his grain, and the man said, "I would rather have the devil harvest my grain than you." And so when he woke up the next morning, he was quite surprised to find that the devil was harvesting his grain. And he probably went to hell for it. But yeah. that was the whole story behind the mowing devil. If you're a seriologist, this is the first evidence of crop circles, <laughs> which kind of says a lot if you ask me. Yeah. But, um, something that does kind of pop up that's a little, a little less easily explained came along in 1880 in the issue of, in an issue of Nature. There was a, an Englishman named John Rand Capron or Capron and he was from Surrey. And he said that he found a field of wheat that appeared to have been knocked about as if by wind. Yeah. And they say, there's a crop circle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's possible. He said that it, it, it's to him, he thought it was cyclonic wind action. And again, we'll get into other explanations later. But one of them is that they are the result of like uh, tornadoes or cyclones. Yeah. But what what he didn't say was that it was like a perfect circle and uh, the circumference was, you know, I mean, it could have just been a windy spot where some stuff was knocked down. Right. You know. Right. The, yeah, exactly. He, he didn't say it was in the shape of an Egyptian ankh. Or anything like that. <laughs> right. Or an alien smoking pot. <laughs> That's a real one. That's Really? Yes. <laughs> um, so th- th- those are like the earliest evidence of crop circles. And then in the 60s, the first modern idea of a crop circle came about in um, Australia. And there was supposedly a depression in a bunch of grass, a circular depression. Um, and it, it had been associated with a UFO sighting. And, you know, it made the rounds in the media. And uh, even then, a lot of people said eh, it was probably a, a tornado or a cyclone or something like that. Yeah. Um, but there was a dude who happened to be in Australia at the time when it was being reported on. It was, you know, a big hubbub and everything. And um, his name was Dave. Crop Circle? 
Dave Crop Circle. No, I'm sorry. His buddy's name was Dave. Doug Bauer. Oh, yeah. And Doug Bauer, when he got back from Australia, he was hanging out with a friend of his one night in 1978, drunk. They'll just come out and admit it. They were drunk at the pub. And he told his buddy about that. And they said, wouldn't that be hilarious if we went out and made our own crop circle? Yeah. And uh, Dave said, I think that would be really hilarious. So much so, let's go do it. So they figured out how to do it, and they made the first crop circle in 1978. Like the first crop circle, the first hoax crop circle, what you call art, was made in 1978. And um, what's funny about the whole thing is they made these things for years. Hundreds of them. Yes, but say the first couple dozen maybe, nobody noticed. Yeah. Because they made them on flat fields. And then they finally figured out, wait, what if we made one on like a field that was... On an incline, they made that one, and all of a sudden, the whole crop circle paranormal phenomenon took off like a rocket in 1981. Yeah, and people uh, caught on, obviously, and started making their own crop circles all over England um, in all kinds of cool designs. Um, by the 1990s, it was a genuine tourist attraction. Uh, even farmers were saying, come to my farm and pay me some shillings and come look at my cool crop circle. Well, apparently they were charging to offset the damage done to their crops by so many people flocking to these farms. Yeah, I saw where it could, it didn't damage the crops. I just don't see how that's possible. The, uh, the actual crop circle itself? Yeah. Yeah, I think it can damage it, but the, I mean, the hallmark of it is that the grain is bent. But not broken. So as long as it's not broken, there's still a pretty good chance it could continue growing or try to grow back upright or something. But, yeah, I'm sure there's tons of broken grain in a crop circle. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should talk about the designs. They uh, Most of the times are circular, but not always. They're all sorts of different shapes now. Uh, but they started out as circular, um, either singles or doubles or triples or quadruples. And sometimes they're connected. Sometimes they're not. Um, they are usually bent in one way for a while, so either laying down clockwise or counterclockwise, or if they get super crafty, they can be clockwise for 10 feet and then counterclockwise, and from the sky, you see these different kind of swirly patterns, Yes, uh, like a layered swirly pattern. It's very impressive. Yeah, and and again, this started really kind of to take off in the 80s and throughout the 90s. and as they became more and more popular and more and more widespread in the media and um, among people who watched the X-Files. And again, the the 90s were a deeply paranoid decade yeah. because of the impending millennial millennium. Um, so I, I think that kind of really helped the, the popularity of crop circles explode. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are like, these are signs from aliens. They're either... Alien landing, yeah, like alien spacecraft landing and leaving these impressions, and creating perfect or else, artwork, <laughs> right? Or else they're leaving, they're leaving science for us. There's even a movie called Science, a terrible, terrible movie, yeah, um, starring Mel Gibson about this very thing, yeah. Um, so there was a lot of people who bought into it like that, and as as the awareness of crop circles grew. So did the complexity of them, to where you did have people who were sitting down and coming up with like really incredible math yeah and then going out and doing it in crop circle form yeah and some people uh use that like it's it's this one is exactly four times larger than the one below it and as evidence that it's something extraordinary and not just people who are good at figuring out 
design and right. geometry and math. There's there's specifically a man who kind of, um, uh, I guess, provided a stumbling block to the debunking of um, crop circles. His name is Gerald S. Hawkins, and he is a, a retired astronomer who became a crop circle enthusiast. And he used his math skills to analyze crop circles and basically said, I've discovered a new kind of Euclidean geometry in crop circles. Yeah. Which implies that there was some non-human agency creating crop circles, something advanced beyond the scope of human understanding. Right. Because if this incredibly brilliant mathematician could learn something from these, something new, then that implied that something extraterrestrial was behind them. Well, his findings have been um, challenged time and time again. So he believed it? He believed it was... I thought you said he was debunking. No? No. He he confounded debunking. He created this... Oh, he bunked. He did bunk. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is the, the language he's using, the math he's using is, is real math. Yeah. So the average person can't come in and look at this and be like, this is wrong for this and this reason and this reason. Right. Um, and then his... I think the real giveaway, though, is his work is not discussed at all in what appears to be normal um, academic math forums. Right. It's just, it doesn't exist. It doesn't, like, it doesn't get any recognition. Even though he published his initial findings in, like, a respected math journal, it hasn't, if this guy had discovered a new kind of Euclidean geometry, yeah. it would be in, in textbooks. revolutionary. Yeah. yeah. And it's just not discussed. Yeah. So I think that in and of itself is a pretty good example of how seriologists butt up against skeptics and, and the whole thing is continued. Somebody will present a body of evidence and then nobody is either capable or willing to just go to the trouble of debunking it. Yeah. And these things, I, this article is, I don't know if I can recommend people read this one. No, it's, it seems like it was written by a believer. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but one thing that struck me as odd in this article, at least, is um, these things are usually like, they're big, you know, they're several hundred feet, right? maybe a hundred feet. It says sometimes they range from several inches. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's that's called like stepping on a piece of wheat. Right. Like how can a crop circle be several inches across? There was some stuff in here that I couldn't find any support for anywhere else. Yeah. I like could... there, here's a sentence for you under the, the, the title, Who Makes Crop Circles? The first sentence is, the answer of who or what is creating these crop formations is not an easy one to answer. Sure it is. <laughs> Actually, it's absolutely easy to answer. There's another sentence, too. Um, even with crop circle makers claiming responsibility for hundreds of designs, hoaxes can't account for all the thousands of crop circles created. Sure you can. Yeah. Again, <laughs> hoaxes can account for every single one of the crop circles ever created. Yeah. Uh, I was really disappointed with this. I put in for an article update. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Good. All right, so we'll talk about um, a little more about where these are located and what kind of fields are used after this break. All right, so you mentioned a couple of counties in England, uh, Hampshire and Wiltshire. Yeah. Are where most of these are. And Which kind of makes sense if people are saying, hey, mate, I built some crop circles. Oh, yeah, how do you do that? Right. Here's how you do it. Oh, cool, I'll go do one. Right. You know, it's localized. For the most part. And the reason it's localized there is that's where Dave and Doug lived. Yeah, exactly. That's where they lived. That's they where the crop there. circle started. So, uh, yes, they, they were, um, they were concentrated there. The, the other thing though, 
unfortunately, is that's where Stonehenge is. Yeah. So of a lot of people are like, sure, Dave and Doug live there. <laughs> Who cares? They were put up to it saying that they did it by MI5. The real story is that Stonehenge is right there. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, all kinds of fields can be used um, for this art. Uh, corn, oat, barley, tobacco, weeds. Um, I like the corn ones. I think that that makes a nice canvas. I don't know that I've seen a corn one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I like the corn ones. Well, I think they were corn and not signs, right? I, were they I, surrounded by corn? I I tried to make myself go to sleep. <laughs> that movie was I so wouldn't bad. allow my hippocampus to form memories <laughs> of that movie. Uh, so I guess we should cover some of the theories because we covered like Bigfoot and other things that aren't real too. Um, so, so here's what seriologists believe. Um, we mentioned that it's an alien calling card perhaps. A lot of eyewitness reports supposedly say, Ooh, I saw some, I heard some strange noises. I saw some weird lights. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a fair, uh, famous video called the Oliver's Castle video where you see these strange lights above a field and you actually see the crop circle on video form. Mm-hmm. It's a field and then it just depresses into a crop circle. Yeah. You've seen this? Oh, yeah. It's on YouTube. Okay. But that guy who made that video came out and said, here's how I did that. <laughs> it's uh, these computer programs and it's uh, paint and um, it's all fake. But Yet some people say, no, 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 no. Yeah. That guy was paid off to say that. Or MI5 kidnapped his family. Exactly. And made him say it. But it's, I mean, it's very cool looking, but that is the, you know, one of the points that um, rational people point to is like, if these things are being made, why isn't there a single image anywhere of it happening? Right. Because cameras are ubiquitous, video cameras, people look for this stuff. They camp out in fields trying to get those images. Well, yeah, there was a very famous um, operation by a group of seriologists who camped out at a field um, for several, like a week or two, I believe, yeah. back in the 80s or 90s. And apparently not only did no crop circles form <laughs> during the time they were camped out yeah. in that area, none did in all of England during that time that they were they publicized that they were camping out. Uh-huh. And then right when the operation ended, a crop circle popped up, like, I think, a couple football fields away from where they'd been camping That's because Doug and uh, what was his name? Dave. Dave were like, all right, they're gone. Exactly. Let's go mess with them. <laughs> Another one is that um, a lot of people say that uh, there's this um, this plasma that can form, ionized wind, basically. Yeah, the plasma vortex theory. And and that it forms a cyclone. It's cyclonic, mm-hmm. which means that it, it moves uh, clockwise, I believe. Yeah. Or counterclockwise, one of the two. They're cyclonic and anti-cyclonic. Yeah. Whichever way that they said the the um, cyclone rotates, the the dog and Dave started doing crop circles that rotated the other way. Then when they were like, "Yeah, there's anti cyclones," people right. started making square ones. <laughs> so every time, like, there's been a real um, tug of war or playfulness between people popping up in the media, yeah, experts on crop circles mm-hmm. saying something, and the people making the crop circles. Um, doing the opposite of what those people just said to prove them wrong with their crop circles right after that. Yeah, I think the English have a, like with Banksy, you know, I think there's a undercurrent in England of like cheeky mess with the establishment sort of. Yeah, subversiveness. Uh, yeah, subversive art and hoaxes and pranks. And it seems like, I don't know, I admire it. I think it's kind of neat. Sure. Uh, another theory is that uh, downdrafts from like a helicopter and 
airplane, a small airplane might push it down into these perfectly shaped ge- geometric patterns, mm-hmm. but they've tried to recreate that, and of course that's not possible. No, it's not possible. But that is a theory. Again, there's the the cyclone f- theory. Um, this was another thing in this article that got me. Probably the most scientific theory says that crop circles are created by small currents of swirling ring wind called vortices. Yeah. That's not the most scientific theory. The most scientific theory is that humans are making the crop circles. Like, what is going on with this article? It's just wacky to me. It is. But that is a theory. That's a theory that some people put out. They say um, when the when that um, crop circle in the 60s in Australia was created, uh, a lot of people said, oh, it's a cyclone. Uh, they call it a willy-nilly. Did they really? That was my Australian accent, too. No, they call it a willy-willy. A willy-willy. Yeah. Um and that was something that they said that it was possible it was that. They also said it could be a lot of things. Probably wasn't a UFO. But that wind theory has been around for a very long time. Uh, and a guy named Dr. Terrence Meaden, who's from the Tornado and Storm Research Organization in England. In Wiltshire. Yeah. He says that um, there's this thing called the plasma vortex theory. He says that dust particles get caught in charged air uh-huh. that's spinning. And not only can they make crop circles, this this dust can glow, and that accounts for the light scene. There's the UFO. Yeah. So Um, he's using pseudoscience to debunk even further pseudoscience. Yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't say Dr. Terrence Meaden, formerly of the Tornado and Storm Research Center. Right. Uh, Electromagnetic radiation is another theory. Um, supposedly there have uh, been strong magnetic fields measured inside crop circles and people that go to visit them report feeling tingling sensations all over their body. Um, I think this is explained as easy as if you get someone that believes in a electromagnetic radiation of a crop circle and stick them in the middle of one, they're going to feel a tingling sensation. Yeah. That was another thing though that I ran into. I couldn't find any, um, Evidence to back that statement up, like who's finding electromagnetic radiation in these uh-huh. these fields, and is it being are the are they reproducible? The findings. Um, there was another crop circle called the Julius set. It's a fractal. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. It's amazing. Yeah, I, from what I could find, it's the largest ever. It was like um, three hundred meters, nine hundred feet in diameter. That's enormous, and it's four hundred and nine circles. Um, just basically look up the 1996 Julius set. It's cool. Um, it's very awesome. But it was right next to Stonehenge. Yeah. Like there's plenty of images of this crop circle with Stonehenge in the background. And apparently a, a lot of women who went to visit it um, found that their menstrual cycles synced up. Yeah. And then some women who'd already been through menopause started menstruating again. Both are things that can happen. Can they? Without, you know, aliens taking part did that happen though like who who documented this this is the thing like people are just saying stuff and there's you can say whatever you want and it doesn't yeah it doesn't count necessarily at least not if you're trying to explain something yeah i think both of those things can happen like i'm a 40 and you know like i think there are limits to science and there's stuff that exists beyond science's capabilities to explain things right now that there are things that we'll understand more clearly that appear to be superstitious now crop circles to me are not one of them they they they're just not that's because it's art right uh in the 1990s there was a biophysicist named dr william levengood who um discovered that crop circles 
were damaged uh, and as if they had been heated by a microwave oven. Um, so he says, I think they're being heated from the inside by some kind of microwave energy. And uh, there's a guy named Richard Taylor from the University of Oregon, a professor of physics, mm-hmm. who said, yeah, uh, you can build something called a magnetron using uh, stuff from like a household cooker and a 12-volt battery, and you can essentially use this to create crop circles and shoot microwaves. So, yeah, that might be possible that they've been heated by microwaves because that is another way that you can make a crop circle. Um, he says that these crops usually are, have joints in the stalks, like a corn stalk does, mm-hmm. and if you heat it up, it expands. Like popcorn. Yeah, and it's going to fall over. Um, that would be funny if there was a bunch of popcorn <laughs> that it popped. But um, he says, I- I'm not saying this is how they do it, but using GPS coordinates and a computer and a design program, you can actually use one of these uh, magnetrons to do this. Right. And that is something that possibly could happen. Gotcha. Again, the clearest theory is that humans are doing it. And we'll talk more about evidence that seriologists point to and evidence that skeptics point to, and then how you make an actual crop circle right after this. So, Chuck, there's a couple of pieces of evidence that seriologists point to. They're very rarely, if ever, footprints found around a crop circle. Explain that. They're walking between the planted crops. Yeah, if you look at any picture of a crop circle, any picture of any crop circle ever made, you're going to see um, little lines that go all along the field. Yeah. Those are left by the tractor. They're tractor tracks. Yeah, and crops are planted in rows. Exactly. So you can just move in and about them. And you know why they're planted in rows? So you can move in and about them. Right. Without stepping on the crops. Exactly. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, Dave Chorley and Doug Bauer... Uh, came out in 1991 and said, hey, we did this, BBC, come along, uh, let's film a little documentary, and I'm going to show you how to do a rope and plank uh, crop circle. And apparently one of the guys uh, had racked up a bunch of mileage on his car. Yeah, I saw this too. I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes for a good story. And his wife was uh, got onto him and was like, "Hey, what's going on here? Are you cheating on me?" And uh-huh. that's why he came out and said, "No, I haven't been cheating on you. This is why there's all this extra mileage, and I'm going to go public with it." So, well, it makes for were, a good story. At they least. were the only three people in the world who knew about that for a while. Apparently, they went public because the government, like people, had bought into this lock, stock, and barrel. Like there was. It was just UFOs, possibly, that were doing this. Like, right. Like, smart people were talking about this. The media was covering it. Like, are these UFOs? And these guys are just sitting back laughing. And uh, apparently the Queen had a book on her summer reading list that was released by her press people that um, included, like, some crop circle experts, like UFO analysis of the crop circles around the world and what was going on. So the Queen was even reading this, and these... Two guys and the guy's wife are just sitting back laughing, yeah. having the time of their lives. Uh, and then apparently the British government was about to conduct an investigation. And these guys were like, mm, we don't need to let taxpayers waste their money on this. So let's go forward. And they came forward in like n- September of 1991. Yeah. And apparently within days they were on Good Morning America showing the world how to do this stuff. 
And a lot of people started doing it after that. Yeah. Because they're like, this is kind of fun. And yep. I'm an artist as well. Uh, and here's how you do it. Well, there are some different ways. You can get a magnetron, <laughs> right. apparently. Yeah. But the most conventional uh, way is, like I said, the rope and plank. Um, so you're going to choose a spot. You're going to choose a field. You're going to create your little design. It could be a circle. It could be the Mendelbrot set or the Julia set. Yeah, whatever um, it is, you want to put it down on paper. Yeah, because, you know, it, it is math, and you have to work it out, and you have right. to have a pretty good eye for, or brain for design, I guess, to draw something on a page and make it hundreds of feet across. Mm-hmm. It's like these are talented people. Sure. Uh, you're going to get to your field, and you basically, uh, you basically act as a human compass. Exactly. Not, like a math compass that you use to draw a circle, not right. a compass to show you which way north is. And you're going to put one person in the middle, and that's going to be, he's essentially the uh, the little point. And then you use rope, and you're going to mark off your four uh, opposite uh, marks as the circle. And you're going to give the guy in the center a rope, give someone on the outside a rope, and they're just going to walk in a big circle as he holds that rope. Right, in the and center. And that's going to make, essentially, a near-perfect circle, in theory. Yeah, it forms the diameter of the circle. Yeah, if you're taking your time, then you're going to have a pretty good-looking circle. Right, and then after that, you start just moving inward from the outside in, just stomping the the uh, the grain down. Yeah, with your big snowshoe-like things. Right, and there you have a crop circle. Yeah, and you can, like I said, you do one for three feet going this way, and hey, I'm going to jump around and turn the other way mm-hmm. and lay the corn or wheat down that way. It appears and that stymie the, the weirdos of the world. Right? How does that happen? Yeah, and the whole key apparently is planning it out ahead of time, and then just translating what's on paper into real life. You know, basically all it takes is a little bit of multiplication, some ropes, poles, and a couple of boards, and you can make a pretty awesome crop circle if you know what you're doing. Yeah, you could also use a garden or lawn roller, um, or the traditional rope stomp stalker. Right. And there you have it. There's a group called CircleMakers.org, and they were very much inspired by uh, Doug and Dave. I think Doug and Dave kind of became honorary circle makers. Yeah. But these guys, um, they their their uh, website's still up. It's not nearly as active as it was like five, ten years ago. But they were getting paid by companies around the world to make crop circles. Yeah. Um, like they they made a Nike crop circle. Yeah. They made um like a Swedish furniture stores crop circle. Not I think a Nike one would be. Did they make the swoosh? They swoosh. made a foot, like oh. a footprint. Okay, like a huge footprint. Um, and uh, they they just did tons of them and got paid apparently like hundreds of thousands of of dollars for each one they did. Good for them. So these guys spent the early two thousands making bank, running around doing crop circles. At the same time, they're te- they're teaching people how to do it. And simultaneously, seriologists are still investigating this. And so they, they, the seriologists came up with, they're also called croppies, we should say. Croppies came up with some steps you need to take when you're investigating a crop circle. Are we going to go over these? Sure. Uh, they talk to eyewitnesses. Say, did you see or hear anything weird? Right. Because there's a crop circle and they'll say, yeah, actually come to think of it. I did hear something weird. Am I going to be on the news? Right. <laughs> um, they check out the weather patterns um, in the area of the previous night because it always happens overnight, which um, uh, enthusiasts will say, 
you know, this is, uh, they're doing it under, under nightfall to not be caught as aliens and they're sending secret messages and, uh, rational thinking people say, no, their artists are doing it under uh, nightfall to not get caught. Same so they with, can keep the hoax going. Right. Exactly. Uh, what else do you do? Uh, supposedly they will bring out, uh, machines to actually measure soil and use like X-ray diffraction analysis mm-hmm. and electromagnetic, uh, electromagnetic energy readings. Right. And they're analyzing all of this information and I don't, uh, I don't know what they come up with. <laughs> I, I, like, I, clearly they've been forced to say, yes, some of these are hoaxes, like the alien smoking pot. 80%, right? Right. 20% cannot be explained. By seriologists. Yeah. Um, there was a very, there was a famous one that said, um, we are not alone, spelled out all in one word, basically, but in all caps, we are not alone. Yeah. And a lot of skeptics say, shouldn't it be you are not alone if these are messages from aliens? And do they just happen <laughs> to speak English? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of, a lot of points that skeptics point to, the ones that do go to the trouble of debunking these, um, and there's a guy named Joe Nickel, and uh, he writes for um, the uh, Committee for Scientific Investigation, CSI, CSI. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, he basically came up with uh, four good points that debunk crop circles. One is that there was an escalation in frequency as they became more and more popular. Sure. Which is kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, they, the geographic distribution of them was, again, concentrated primarily in this region of England. Right. Even though you'd find them elsewhere, Brazil, Japan, all over, uh, you can also explain that by the fact that uh, people were inspired by other crop circles. Yeah. Um, there's an increase in complexity, which means, means that they're getting better at it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there was the, like, they called the shyness factor, which was they were only done at night. No one had ever seen a crop circle formed. Right. That one guy's YouTube thing. Um, not outstanding. Sure. Well, which was faked. Exactly. Unless he was paid off to say it was faked. Exactly. Yeah. And it's pretty tough to disprove that. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I think if people um, just look at this as really cool public displays of art, because they are amazing. It's really neat looking. Yeah. What people are able to accomplish with their hands and feet. The um, the somebody redid the Nazca hummingbird. You know the Nazca lines. Yeah. Um, they did like kind of a more stylized version of that. Uh, again, the pot smoking alien. Mm-hmm. Somebody else just did a straight up pot leaf. Yeah, of course. Um, someone did the Mothman, the West Virginia Mothman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Shroud of Turin. Nice. Yeah, like people got really good at this. Um, and and like you said, I mean, if you look at it as art, it's pretty pretty easy to appreciate it. I bet a fun conversation to overhear at an English pub is a. Crop circle brainstorming session, right? On what kind of, uh, what kind of circle they can make next. I bet that's a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, in you know a rural county in England in a pub. I'd oh. love to be in on one of those. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go to Wiltshire. Yeah, maybe I will. Uh, you got anything else? I got nothing else. So that's crop circles. The mystery continues. If you want to learn more about crop circles, you can uh, type that word into How Stuff Works in the search bar. Or don't. And it'll bring up this weird, (laughs) weird article. Yeah. Uh, And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this uh, Chilean camouflage. 
Uh, hey, guys and Jerry, I was uh, writing to make a comment on something Chuck said on the last listener mail, Animal Camouflage. At one point, Chuck read that the listener suffered from mental illnesses that were practically ignored by her parents, who happened to be doctors, then commenting that that was quite a shocker. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. I remember that. Yeah, this girl had, had I believe, doctor and psych, psycholo- uh, psychologist parents mm-hmm. who kind of just ignored her, her mental issues, which I thought was weird. He said, I don't know if it's just the country where I live, Chile, but we have a saying for that. En casa de Herrero, cuchillo de palo. Jerry, do you know what that means? She says no. That literally translates into, uh, in the blacksmith's home, stick knives. Uh, it alludes to what happens when an expert on something tends to neglect his field of expertise once he gets home. Yeah, it's like here we say the cobbler's children have no shoes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, interesting. I bet every country has their own saying. It makes more sense than the knives thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means, but I'm not Chilean. Uh, the doctor thinks that his sick child is just fine. The electrician that has a mess of uh, cables on appliances and accountant that can't control her own expenses. A chef that orders fast food, etc. Uh, maybe they're just tired of doing that same thing over and over again. They just want to stop and rest when they get home. Or maybe they're just jerks. Who knows? But apparently it happens often enough that the situation got its own saying around these parts. More than one. Stay classy, best witches, uh, Matt. Thanks, Matt. And Matt was super excited that this was going to get on listener mail because he's been a listener from the get-go, he says. All right, Matt. Way to hang in there. All he had to do was write in. <laughs> You're bound to get on at some point. En casa de Herrero, cuchillo de palo. Let me get that tattooed above my waistline. In the blacksmith's home, stick knives. I don't get that one. All right. Thank you for confounding us, Matt. That's yeah. good stuff. If you want to try to confound us, you can do so via Twitter at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 